Absolutely. So, so you know, it's it, you just have to, you know, have have your have your friend there. So, I always tell people when I'm talking about you know safe behavior that you know tr travel in groups. You know, people and that don't you leave someone behind. Right. You never leave someone behind. Absolutely. And when and when and when you see someone who's captured whether it be by the just mm -hmm. the person that just wants to ramble and ramble and ramble or you're um, dancing and they're or, your dancing partner all night yes, yeah yeah mm -hmm. um rescue your friend mm -hmm. you know go in and say hey come over here and check out this and then that's your opportunity for you and your friend to have that conversation hey i noticed this suspicious or this annoying or this awkward situation are you okay mm -hmm. um and did you notice some of these things? Did you notice that their eyes were always on your purse? Did you notice that their eyes were always on your drink? Or, or whatever, whatever sorts of things you were noticing that, that caused the hairs on the back of your head to, scare, mm -hmm. to stand up. So really not being afraid to step in. I think um, it also, you have to have a pact with your friends. Absolutely. I cannot remember the last time I went out dancing. Um, but I did it a lot when I was in college and in my early twenties, you know, you go out with, you're going out with your girlfriends and we were hardcore. There was no saying no to your pack of friends. Like when it was time to go, we left and we didn't care who we were ripping you away from. There was no leaving you behind, but I have seen in other groups where it's like, oh, you want to stay? Okay, well have fun. You're having mm -hmm. a good time. He, he seems safe or whatever. Yeah. Like, so I think that's important. And we see, we see that abandonment more at like a conference like first event where there's a dance floor where you know you just like oh you just assume that everybody in there is part of the community and that's okay so you don't mind just leaving your friend there and i've been guilty of this myself too well you want to go home you know it's yeah, late you're it's, tired yeah, absolutely she's being awful <laughs> she's telling you to leave her alone you know but so real friends drag their friends off the dance floor but what I will notice, um, you know, and the, the time that comes to mind specifically was at the DC soiree for the Vanity Club, where we went to a country bar as a group. I remember that night. Everybody yeah. was dressed up like a cowgirl. Yeah. yeah. We had a great time, but we arrived pretty much together or in, two of, in a couple of groups, actually, and we left in those same groups. And everybody that was there, we all knew each other from the club, mm -hmm. or um, you know, somebody was with somebody else that, that was part of the club, and we we all looked out for each other. And you know, there honestly, there were no no threats that I could see. The the, the place wasn't all that busy. Uh, that well, night. and you would know, be, right. you know, you know, being coming from this you know era of crimes against people. Yeah, yeah, and so. So the risk was fairly low at this particular place, but there's still risk, and we still stayed together. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that was an important thing. No, and of course it helped that it was uh, you know a little ways away from downtown DC, so you know you had to Uber, so it made more sense to Uber together anyway. So all of these things um, were, were factors. But that's just a really good example of how I think we do better when we go someplace. Like if a group of us were going to pile into a car and go to um, uh, somewhere in downtown Boston or, or ride the T, it would be super important for us all to come back together. And I don't think anybody would, would, would think twice about that. And I think some people may not realize they're leaving someone behind. Right. You could be the new girl or there could be a new person who's just kind of joining your group for the first time. You may not be close. You may not necessarily remember them. Sure. So I would think, you know, it's your, your, your job as you as a person before you go out 
identify your buddy mm-hmm. and make that buddy connection and be like, I know, you know, I know you might hang with these people or I might dance or you might play pool, but you don't leave without me and I don't leave without you. Yep. You have that person Absolutely. and then be aware of that in the group. Because in big groups like conferences, it's very easy to leave someone behind by mistake. Absolutely. Oh, I thought Sarah was in your car. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought Sarah was in your car. Yeah. You know, especially getting Ubers where we couldn't get an Uber big enough for everybody. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, I actually, I want to talk about Uber next. Okay. Because that's a big thing. You know, like, we're raised, you know, like, don't get in a stranger's car. <laughs> and now we, like, use apps to order right. to get in a stranger's car. But before we leave drinking, I want to share this. Okay. So I know this is something that you hand out in your seminars yeah. before, we, before we get to the end. I don't know if you can tell what this is. So this is something that Sarah hands out in her workshop. And can somebody get this on their own? Yeah, they can. Uh, Drink Safe uh, is the company that makes them. Uh, and they, they're, they're specific to a few drugs, but they're so simple to use because you just dip your finger into your drink and put a drop on part A, mm-hmm. dip your finger in your drink again, put a drop on part B. And then if they turn a certain color, blue I believe is the color, then you've got a problem with that drink mm-hmm. and you shouldn't drink it. And if somebody handed it to you, Law enforcement probably needs to have a conversation with that person. Yeah. So I will say for those of you who are listening and not watching, um, if you're listening on one of our podcasts, what we're holding is something the size of a business card. And so it's something you could have in your wallet. You can mm-hmm. have all a stack of them. You can hand them out to everybody. Yep. Um, and they are. There are little circles that say A and B. And so these would be where you would draw. And you can use your finger. Yep. You don't have to, like, just draw from a straw. No. Nope. And yeah. you certainly could drop from, from a straw. I mean, that's that's perfectly okay. You just want to, it's a small drop. Um, you don't want to oversaturate the card. Uh, but and, and how you said drinksafe.com? Drinksafe, yep. I believe it's either, I think it's drinksafe.org if I remember correctly. But if you just Google drinksafe, and I believe that uh, they are still available on Amazon as well, I'm fairly sure. And they come in packs of 10, and they're fairly inexpensive. Uh, so, and that's what, you know, I give them away as giveaways because uh, I think it's important. And mm-hmm. it's a simple thing. You can keep it in your purse and, you know, check those drinks. And I've seen articles about that over the years where I think they've developed or trying to develop a, a nail polish that changes yes. color. Yeah. So you actually dip your finger in your drink if yep. you don't have the card, but if you have the nail polish and if your nail polish changes color, you're yep. in trouble. And that's, that is available. Um, this one specifically is uh, GHB and ketamine. Um, so uh, I don't know what those drugs are. <laughs> so, well, ketamine is uh, also known as Special K. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's a disassociative anesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually used in medical treatment as well, uh, but it because it disassociates uh, the person. We use it um, in the medical field. We used it in the, as um, a way to sedate somebody for um, certain procedures in the emergency department. Uh, so you know, it was it was a, a very um, good, fairly safe drug to use in that context. But it's interesting when you see somebody who's under the influence of that. They completely disassociate from whatever's going on. You know, before we jump to, we have the sirens going inside, we're in Boston, even though we're like 11 floors up. Um, Mm -hmm. Before we hit Uber, and maybe that should be a separate podcast, but, you know, while you're talking drugs, with your medical background, what are signs that you have been drugged and how fast does that happen? Well, I mean, so sometimes sometimes that can be a challenge. Um, And so... You've been drinking all night, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel kind of funny. Um, and I remember the year that there was an issue here in in, in one of these conferences. Um, 
somebody had made a remark about a friend of uh, of ours who um, who drinks a fair amount. Um, mm -hmm. She 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 definitely can can drink hold her liquor and had no more to drink than she normally would in a, in a sort of conference or you know, you know night out setting mm -hmm. um, and was acting like she had drank double that. Yeah. So, so when you have one drink and all of a sudden you're feeling it like... Hey, this is not normal yeah, for my body. This is totally not me. I've got a funny feeling. Or maybe I taste the drink and a lot of these things have no taste to them, but you taste the drink and it tastes off. Because we're also not dealing with medical grade ketamine or um, other other drugs that are being used as these date rape. This might be like homemade. This could be. It's probably from the street somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's probably not taken from a pharmacy. So you, it the impurities that are mixed with it, you just never know. So it could very well have a taste to it. Um, but again, a lot of them are odorless and colorless. Mm -hmm. um, so so the taste, where it came from, did you watch it get made? And then your feelings, like you know yourself, you know how you respond to alcohol normally. Is this different? Your friends know how you respond to alcohol. So this is something else that you're looking out for your and your friend, not only the buddies to make sure you leave, but the buddy to make sure that you're okay. And if you're, whether it's super drunk or under the influence of something else, okay, you're not yourself, it's time to get you out of here. And maybe getting you out of here is just going back to the room. Maybe getting you out of here is a hospital. Yeah. You know, so, um, so re that's really the gamut of what we look for. And there's very specific symptoms that go along with um, certain drugs. Um, one of the things with ketamine and any other, like uh, fencyclidine, which is PCP, um, you know, the, the disassociative properties, I mean, the person doesn't appear to be there when they're under the influence of that. They totally disconnect and, and, and disassociate. So like maybe their eyes glass over? Yeah. Or, they're not or they're, able to communicate with you? Or they, right? they look at you and they just stare right through you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not, that's not that person's norm. So, you know, that sort of behavior is common with disassociative anesthetics. Well, and I want to mention, see, we're just going to keep going off topic and off topic and off topic. But, you know, there's also a thing, you know, we're talking specifically conferences here, but this happens in dating. Oh, yes. Tinder, Facebook, um, dating apps. And there's, there's a big thing where they'll put, there's like a movement now and it's called um, Asking for Angela. Have you heard of this? I have not. Oh, okay. So it's... Um, some of the bars do this. If, it, if somebody works at a bar named Angela, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what they're doing now, so it's a new movement, and they will put them as flyers inside the bathroom door, inside of the stall door, as a reminder. If you are on a date, and that date is not who they said they were, or you are uncomfortable, what you need to do is go out, and when your waitress comes to the table, or if you're at the bar, ask if Angela is working. And Google this. It's a movement. It's okay. like ask for Angela, yeah. and it's a code word where they know you're in trouble and we're going to get you out safely. So the bar staff will then um, find a way to discreetly pull you away from the person that you are with. So That's great. Yeah. yeah. And that, that needs to be a big thing. So I'm glad you brought that up. But, you know, that's part of it, too. You right. know, um, I grew up watching Lifetime movies. Mm. I mean, every week we watched like the Sunday Lifetime movie of the weekend. My mother would sit and lecture me like, these are all the ways you could die, <laughs> you know? Um, but just probably from my friends on Facebook, um, you know, being associated with so many cisgendered women, 
I may see this stuff pop up more than you because I'm going to see it pop up on Facebook because it's something where as, you know, as a, as a cisgender woman, I'll see it. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, here's something I was raised with. Here's another way to keep women safe. I want to share it with everybody. Yeah. So I may be seeing these kinds of movements that somebody else might not be seeing, which is True. why we're, we're here to share. And yeah. obviously, you know more than any of us from all the experience that you have had. I mean, your wealth of knowledge just that you bring to the table is, is absolutely incredible. Thank you. Oh, um, yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're talking drugs. We're yep. talking this. You know what? Let's end our podcast here okay. because I feel like the same thing's going to happen talking Uber okay. and talking that stranger danger and how do we handle like the new era of technology and safety that we're in. Right. All right. Does That's, that sound good? It sounds good. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. And this is My Feminine Heart launching from, you know, first event 2020 in Boston. Apologies for the sirens that you're hearing in the background, <laughs> but we're we're live and we're in it. So right. and coming back, we will talk about your safety and traveling around these cities in Ubers. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. If you are a victim of sexual assault, please call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 4673. Join our mission of outreach, education, and support for the transgender community at MyFeminineHeart.com. Welcome back to another podcast of My Feminine Heart. I am honored here to be with Sarah Moore, who is our expert on all things safety with years of experience in the law enforcement field. If you have never been to a conference where Sarah has spoken, put it on your list. Uh, And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this series is so that those who can't make it to a conference can hear what she has to say because the advice is invaluable. And um, Sarah, just so I can share, what are some of the topics that you lecture on when you come to a conference like this? We're actually at first event right now in Mm -hmm. Boston. Well, I mean, we talk about uh, personal safety, interacting with law enforcement, um, as well as uh, uh, violence within the home. I mean, those are some of the bigger topics. Um, You know, it's a it's a tough topic to talk about some of these things and, and the, the workshops can be uh, sparsely attended because I'm competing with makeup and wigs and, and yeah. these sorts of things that, that are of uh, more fun interest to, to folks. But these are important topics and I'm glad we're, we have this opportunity to, uh, to dive into them. Well, and I, I appreciate you being here. You know, like I said in our last podcast, one of the first things I wanted to do was was talk safety. And it's fun when we talk about the beauty tips. And mm-hmm. we have Lindsay Taub on here talking about fashion. And thank you, Lindsay, for letting us use your room to film uh, on location here at First Event. But, you know, this is the thing that really hits home to me. You know, I have been victimized. My friends and family have been victimized. And you sometimes don't realize how easily you can fall into um, the, the situation of being what did you call it? Prey. Yes, prey. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I borrowed that from my friend Linda Mills. She she talks about switching from you know being the everyday guy to being uh, Linda, and that you know as Linda she has to su- switch her mindset that she is prey, you know, versus the man who is that sort of predator in a sense. Even if you're not a perpetrator, even if you have the best intentions, you're still wired and trained to be that strong 
person that's going to protect everybody. So I'm no longer the protector. I am the prey. And I think you're, I think it comes from how we're raised by our parents at such a young level, Mm -hmm. you know, and not to be sexist, but you know, the little boy can go do anything. The little girl can't because it's dangerous to do this or dangerous to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were saying, I think our mothers are pretty similar, um, you know, with, you know, being that very overprotective person. And um, as much as I love my mother, sometimes I worry that I'm like her worst nightmare because, you know, I don't think she was really prepared for a daughter that was like a tomboy, although she was a tomboy, but like wanted to travel alone because women don't travel alone or travel to underdeveloped countries or go out. And, um, you know, so that was we had to educate ourselves together. You know, how can I have the freedom I desire while still staying safe? Mm -hmm. And that's always in the forefront of my mind. And so when I started attending these conferences, the first thing I notice is other people exhibiting dangerous behavior that they probably weren't raised to even realize is dangerous behavior. But when they present as women, um, they're falling into that prey category, even if they don't think of it that mm-hmm. way, they are. Yes. Um, one of the things you didn't see, we were off camera behind the scenes, is we were talking about the concept of you think you're safe because you're at a conference. You know, you're here, you're surrounded by all your friends, and you think, what could go wrong? And we see people who have a very good time. Mm-hmm. They have probably more to drink than they normally would have had to drink because they're partying with their friends and they're a good time. Um, but when you do that, you are you are becoming a little easier to prey upon. Of course. And Sarah, what is something that, that you notice, you know, if people are like, well, I'm surrounded by all my people. Right. We're booking out the hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just us. Why can't I just be reckless and loose and drink? Like, why, why can't somebody do that? Well, I mean, it's, it's the same reason you can't do it when you're not somewhere uh, where you're with all your friends. Because, unfortunately, we live in a world where people prey on other people. And... It's everything from, you know, a pickpocket to somebody who's going to sexually assault or murder you. We know that, statistically speaking, most murder um, victims were stalked prior to that homicide. And with the digital age, it's so easy to find out so much information and to, to literally stalk someone without their knowledge. So, you know, when we think about these conferences, People um, are excited to come to these conferences. The organizers are excited to have people come. So there's publicity. There's there's people brought in that are sponsors, that are major corporations like uh, you know Eastern Bank, Sephora, all these companies that sponsor first event uh, and do so very willingly. But they're using it to promote as well. So people know this event is happening here. It's no secret whatsoever. So those who might look for an opportunity for a vulnerable individual know about it too. And they're going to come here. Mm-hmm. And they may, they may present as if they're going to be uh, you know, a friend or they're, they, they want to just get to know you. So, um, you know, and you start to talk to this person, oh, all of a sudden they buy you a drink. How nice, mm-hmm. right? And oh, I'm getting free drinks. Right. Look, at somebody likes course. me. I'm having a, I'm making new friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And as we all know, hotel bars, no matter where you go, are very expensive drinks. So, you know, that's, that's always so welcome. Um, but what's in that drink? Mm-hmm. What, what is that person's intention? 
did you watch the bartender make the drink and hand it to you? And I, I don't know how many people know this because I actually did that last night. I even myself took my eyes off the bartender for a second and mm-hmm. then I caught myself. Like, Cassandra, you know better. But mm-hmm. I turned around, I was talking to one of the VC girls and then I turned back, I'm like, you know what, I lost sight. Because there, there was a, a trend for a long time that I saw in the media where predators were working in conjunction with bartenders. Mm. So somebody would order a drink for someone and I remember seeing this as like a big thing in Miami. They would have the bartender order, um, make drinks for somebody and send them over. So the official predator isn't even near your drink. Right. Um, but the girls who are getting the free drinks sent to them don't realize they're getting drinks sent to them, so they're not watching them being made. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you see that, right, where sometimes it's the bartender that's... Yeah, and, and thankfully, that is an exception. But again, in our society, you just never know, and you have to prepare for, for every eventuality and so you know what is what is my you know how paranoid should I be and Mm -hmm. because you want to have fun absolutely you don't want to be like nervous Nancy you know and and along that same idea you you're here with your friends people that maybe you've never met in person before but your Facebook friends and or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the, the social media platform is, but you've never had a conversation with this person before. And so you meet, oh, I've known you forever on social media. So let's, hey, you wanna go up to, to my room? I've got my own little bar there. Oh boy, oh so my goodness. So is, is, is that heightening our, our, our level of risk or is that making us safer? And oh yeah, my my gut <laughs> check just went up. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. So and but is that so different than well, I'm just down the hall. Exactly. Oh, we're all just partying here and talking in the hallway. I got tequila. Come on down. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's, you know, it really comes down to situational awareness. And when you're when you're meeting somebody, you know, when the hair stands up on the back of your head, there's. A reason for that. Always trust your gut. Absolutely. You will never regret not trusting it. Right. Yeah. And the more... Or, I'm sorry. You will never regret trusting it. Right. <laughs> like you'll never, You'll never yes. walk away from a free drink thinking, oh, I really missed out on life. Exactly. But exactly. the other way around, it could be the biggest regret you ever have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there was one of these conferences where that actually happened, where there were people there that were spiking drinks uh, and giving them to girls. I remember and, that. And that's, that's tough. I mean, that's, and I don't know that they ever found who this person was. Uh, yeah, because I don't think there was assault associated with no. it. They were just drugging people to drug people. Right. And, just for the joy, I guess. And, well, is it, a, is it just for the joy or is it to see what happens next? Can I, you know, you start with little things to see where the envelope ends. Oh, how, how much can I get away with? Yes. How far can I push that line? Right. And so maybe at that conference, okay, I had success here and here, but I didn't have success here. So the next time I'm going to learn from that. Mm-hmm. In, and Or maybe the person uh didn't have the nerve to follow through with whatever their their sort of intentions were at that time and the next time they've got more nerve to do that and so it's all about their agenda and is the, what's their agenda how do you know what their agenda is and how do you know that the nice person that you just met in the bar is a nice person yeah and so one of the things we were talking about off camera is if you're a pit pocket and you you want to go pickpocket where do you go 
Well, you go to Times Square, right? Yeah, you go where the people are, <laughs> the people and you are. look for the easy pocket to pick. I mean, if you're if you want to rob a house, what do you do? You drive around, you look for the open window. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the house with the obvious security cameras and the barking dog <laughs> and the walls, because you know people will always go for the easiest crime. Right. And you know, if somebody wants to commit this kind of crime, they're just going to come to a place like this where there's a lot of opportunity and wait to see who's the easy target. Right. So and, Sarah, oh, go ahead. No, and in law enforcement, we just call that target hardening. Yeah, so it's you were a, saying this to me. I never heard this phrase before. <laughs> target hardening. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and all that is is just taking some basic precautions to keep yourself safe. Now, I will never blame a victim of a crime for putting themselves in a bad situation. Mm-mm. We do that as a society, though. Oh, big victim and, blaming. And, and victim blaming is not okay. However... There are things that we should all be aware of and do to keep ourselves safer because, unfortunately, the only way we have to stop the people from doing these things is to catch them doing these things. Mm -hmm. But that goes to another important point. Even if you're not the target, what if you're in the bar or wherever and you're seeing that suspicious behavior? What do you do? Do you, you don't want to be rude, right? Well, right. Do you do you want but, to pass that? But, but where's that line, Cass? You know, the, the line, I think, is that I would always want to err on the side of um, going and doing too much and mm-hmm. saying, um, you know, I see this person acting very suspiciously. Like they're, they're doing things with their hands that don't make sense either, or they're... Or, they keep, you know, looking to see if people are watching. They're like something in their in their jacket pocket that, you know, like maybe that's that's they're gonna slip something. And and we keep going back to the slip something in the drink, uh, just because that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. But but it could be just about anything. You know, what is that suspicious behavior? And how can I approach that topic? And in easily, you know, when you see, um, it's it's a great example when you know you 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 see somebody who. A friend who is is captured by somebody, and let's say there's no ill intent. It's just somebody who rambles, mm-hmm. uh, and and and, oh God, and they want you to hear their story, yes. and you're just like, leave me alone. Right. You know. This is also why no one buys my drinks because you know <laughs> people think it's so great to have their drinks bought for them, and then it's like, well, now I have to sit and listen to your story. Nope, this is my fun time. I'd rather not drink. I'd rather pay the ten dollars on my own right. than have to like talk to a stranger at a bar. 